0: Welcome to the Cinema Rat, where we celebrate the greatest and worst in Hollywood films and their most self indulgent, narcissistic actors, directors, and producers. Here we will laud and malign Hollywood's seedier elements with levity and humor. They love cinema as much as anyone does, and they've been talking about it for over 30 years. Time to get trashy. Here's Gregory and May. Hello everybody, this is Gregory and welcome back to another episode of The Cinema Rag. I hope you're doing well today. Today we're continuing the series Sexy Saturday and talk about 80s and 90s, Diane Lane. Diane Lane was a crush of mine as a child. I would not say on the same level as someone like Elizabeth Shue because Elizabeth Shue was a little younger and was in more movies that were kind of related to my age. So Adventures in Babysitting, she plays a high schooler at that point. I was probably in middle school and so forth. But Diane Lane was a little older for my time. But I do remember Diane Lane. And I think the large majority of people who are familiar with Diane Lane probably know her from her later work. And she's one of those actresses who probably is more famous for her later works that she did in her late 30s and early 40s than her earlier work when she was arguably at the peak of her beauty. Now, Diane Lane, (laughs) just in terms of her looks, she's 5'7", brown hair, her eyes are kind of grayish, sometimes bluish, depending on you look. And she just has that very beautiful Americana look, especially when she was younger. So much so that she was casted in Francis Ford Coppola as The Outsiders. Now, this movie was a big deal. I was when this movie came out more or less but I think most people are familiar with it it was like the next generation's godfather the godfather cast a a bunch of relatively unknowns like James Caan and Pacino, De Niro later on for the part part 2 and so forth and so when Outsiders was being cast by Coppola in the early 80s it was the who's who of, of young actors and eventually you had people like C. Thomas Howell, Tom Cruise Rob Lowe was very young in this and Patrick Swayze. I mean, the list goes on. Ralph Malkio from Karate Kid fame. And the love interest, the girl, was Diane Lane. And Diane Lane was, I wouldn't say connected to, like, you know, acting royalty. But her mother, I mean, talk about her mother was a Playboy bunny and a a Playboy centerfold. If you want to look her up, October 57. And she was a nightclub singer. And then her dad was a drama coach who used to work with John Cassavetes, who was a very, very famous... He was married to Gina Rowlands, the actress, and he's probably, I would say, most famous for Rosemary's Baby and Dirty Dozen, but he was a well-known director, filmmaker. Either way, so she was born in New York City, and she was a model, not surprisingly, early in her career, and then she was cast in The Outsiders. And after The Outsiders thought, you know, she's going to be one of these up-and-coming actors and actresses like Cruz and, and other people that were in the movie. And talk about misses. I mean, you you talk about things that she passed up. So she's currently only 58 years old. So in 1965, she was born. See, in the mid-80s, when she was 19, 20 years old, she passed up Splash, the Tom Hanks vehicle that originally the that role went to Daryl Hannah she passed up on that role. And then she passed up, which I think is probably even a bigger mistake because, I mean, Splash definitely would have elevated her career. And she passed the, the, the role that eventually went to Rebecca De Mornay in Risky Business. Now, I think she would have been horribly miscast for this role. She would have been young, only 18, and it wouldn't have worked because in that role, you know, she's the prostitute. And Diane Lane's more cute girl, especially at 18, 19. She's cute girl. She's not sexy girl. So I think as much as I don't think Rebecca De Mornay acts well in that movie, I think that Diane Lane would have been a mistake in that movie. That being said, that would have elevated her career, especially had she done Splash and Risky Business. Now, she turned down both of those who do Streets of Fire. Streets of Fire, I remember this movie because it used to show it on... HBO when I was a kid, and it's directed by Walter Hill, who's a a well-regarded director of that time. But the movie is just so bad. It's so bad. I had Michael Peret and Diane Lane, Rick Moranis, and it it was just a, a horrible movie. And she looks gorgeous in it, don't get me wrong, but she passed that up to do Streets of Fire. And then later she was in The Cotton Club. And the Cotton Club was a movie that was was just had a lot of problems controversies it was a coppola movie so he obviously appreciated her work and the outsiders and decided to cast her again but this movie had a lot of problems and it should have done much much better because it was based on a very popular novel by James Haskins and the movie just tanked and so she had two misses later on she passed as well on the role of Vivian In Pretty Woman. And you just think, my God, is this woman cursed? Because that role, of course, goes to Julia Roberts. And that is just iconic, iconic role that she could have had that she didn't get. And understand, Pretty Woman was a much, much darker movie before they kind of Disney-fied it up. And she was attached to that one, but it eventually went to Julia Roberts. So later on, she does do some movies like she's in Chaplin, the Robert Downey Jr. movie, but really, I think her first kind of big hit was A Walk on the Moon. And that is a movie with Viggo Mortensen. They're both uh, quite winning in this movie, and she gets a good amount of laud for being in this movie. Liv Schreber is in this, a very young one as well in this movie. We talk about him on the episode of Naomi Watts' Sexy Saturday because they were lovers, lovers for a long time. So by the time we get to 2000, Things aren't looking well for for Diane Lane. She's 35. It was one of those, what happened? This woman was beautiful and has some decent acting chops. Things aren't looking well for her. Then she gets in the perfect storm. That's the movie with Clooney and Wahlberg in the storm. They're fishermen out of, I don't know, Worcester, Mass, or I don't know where they're at, Salem, who knows? Anyway, so she's famous in that movie for having just a horrifically bad Boston, Massachusetts accent she is third fourth build in that movie then she gets unfaithful unfaithful is adrian line who was also the director of fatal attraction and later he did indecent proposal and most most recently he did deep water that really flawed anna de armis ben affleck movie that came out last year but let me tell you as i mentioned that episode i did on anna de Armas, anna de Armas is smokingly beautiful in that movie in that role so adrian line had a lot of heat coming off of fatal attraction so she's cast, let's take a break. I wanted to let you know about some of the other feeds here at the Eclectico Gregorio. The oldest one we have is The Awakened Man, which mostly deals with holistic health, medical cover-ups, ways to biohack your life to ensure longer longevity, medical conspiracies, and naturopathic stuff. We also have, and that there's probably about 400, 500 episodes over there. We started that one back in twenty. 2017 2016 i believe we also have the female holistic health apothecary which originally started as an essential oils feed and there's about a hundred episodes on essential oils particular essential oils like rose and lavender and sandalwood and so forth and then later i morphed it into more topics that are regarded for female health female specific we've had that feed also since 2016. And then lastly, we have confessions of an obese child, which deals with my childhood obesity and trauma that came from it. So it's a great feed for those who dealt with childhood trauma that led you to have addictions to alcohol or food. And I interviewed several people and what it was like to grow up overweight and all the difficulties of losing the weight and then keeping it off and trying to metamorphosize into a regular weighted person. So check out those feeds. At the Gregory on Apple or Spotify. So she's cast in an Unfaithful, and this is a big role. She is essentially the lead in this movie. This is opposite Richard Gere, who she had worked with in The Cotton Club, and it's a gigantic hit. It's it's a great movie, and she does a very good job of playing that role. Because it's interesting, because it's not like the typical sexless marriage. Her and Richard Gere have a good relationship. They have they have they have sex in the relationship, and then she meets the the sexy Olivia Martinez the I think he's always like a bookseller book author and then she just does a great job of kind of like being ambivalent because she knows she she's like Madame Bovary you know I, I now have a lover as Madame Bovary says in the novel and so she gets caught up in this in this affair but at the same time she is remorseful and but she's really exhilarated and she's having public sex with him and all these things and then if you guys haven't seen the movie definitely see it because things go down to the crapper as they say. But either way, she gets an Academy Award nomination for this role. And then it's followed up by Under the Tuscan Sun, which is fine. It's a fine movie. Women love this one. and you know, This and Eat, Pray, Love are like two chick flake movies, like top notch. Like This would be like on the Mount Rushmore of late 30s, middle-aged women chick flits. But Under the Tuscan Sun, she gets divorced by her husband and she moves to Tuscany and then she falls in love. Finds herself, blah, 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 blah. So she does that movie. And then she later does Must Love Dogs. That's with Cusack. And, you know, at this point in her career, th- this is really the peak of her career in, in this kind of early to mid-2000s. She does other movies that we're really not going to talk about. But but really, th- it starts going away. So like, she had this kind of great peak in the early knots early mid-nots. But after that, she does Nights in Rodanthe with, again, Richard Gere. But that movie just didn't have the same chemistry as, as her previous collaborations. She is in Man of Steel as Martha Kent in 2013. And then she does some of that DC kind of stuff. And then really just, just really not much after that. She doesn't really do much. She's in that horrible bomb of, of Matthew McConaughey and... Anne Hathaway called Serenity in 2019. She has a role in that, but just not much after that. Not much. I think she's always going to be known for Under the Tuscan Sun and and Unfaithful. Now, in terms of her personal life, she was married. Now, this show was big when I was a when I was a kid. But Christopher Lambert. She was married to Christopher Lambert for some time, and he was probably most famous for being in the classic 80s movie, Highlander. I put Highlander up to, not to not to offend the nerds who like Highlander, but like, you know, with the early Clash of the Titans, Beastmaster, Kroll, those kind of movies that were just kind of well-loved by nerds, but were not really that good movies. But they were together. They do have a child. They had a daughter together. And then later on, she ends up with the Brolin, Josh Brolin from several movies, I would say, The Goonies, and then later on, no country for old men and he's been in tons of movies and he's actually younger than her and they were married in 2004 Um, he did a little slappy slappy on her and was uh, arrested for a little slappy slappy and she declined to press charges but um, later on they filed for divorce in 2013 and really since then uh, she hasn't been known to have dated anybody But it was interesting because when they got together in 2000, early 2000s, he would have been 34 and she would have been uh, 38. And then they were together for about 10 years. So, you know, like a lot of these guys who sometimes date older women, like with Ashton Kutcher and Demi Moore. And of course, that age difference was was a lot more than just four years, as you see here. Brolin has options. Brolin dumped the, at that point, would be what? Early 50s uh, Diane Lane. And and since then, she really hasn't dated anybody. I guess that would have been late 40s Diane Lane. And so that's her story. So Diane Lane, if if you're not familiar with her, I think most people have seen Under the Tuscan Sun, regardless of what generation you're in. She was a lovely woman and she was a woman, unlike some women, in Hollywood that aged well. I mean, if you look at, at at her in her late 30s, early 40s, she was still quite striking. But trust me, look at pictures of her or watch her movies in the mid mid 80s and she was just absolutely gorgeous American woman and quite talented. Guys, I'll post a poll on Spotify and at the Cinemarag Facebook group. Let me know what you think of Diane Lane. Please rate and review right now, either on Apple, Spotify, because it helps with the algorithm to get this channel larger there's a link for paypal and there's also a link to the website that hosts the eclectico feed to all four of them but the best way to listen to them of course is on apple and spotify until next time take care god bless and thanks for listening to the cinema rag please post an honest review on apple spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast check out the episode notes to visit our website and to make a donation lastly follow the rag today until next time